Hi listeners, you're welcome to Family Alive Ministry, aka FAM. God began the world with a family, and it must be our goal to maintain that plan. A godly family will produce a godly world. We hope as you listen to this message, the vision to restore God's plan in families will be impressed on your heart. Now, today's message. So, we are in our month of kingdom. And Pastor Rod has been teaching us about kingdom concepts. Kingdom concepts. So, this morning, we just want to continue with that kingdom concepts or elements of the kingdom. Amen. The first scripture we are looking at is Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Romans 14, 17 says that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. The King James will tell you it is not bread and meat or meat and wine, one of them. But it is a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Which means that anywhere you find yourself where you don't have righteousness, peace, and joy prevailing, the kingdom of God is not there. Because we have also learned that the kingdom is in two folds. We have the imminent kingdom and the transcendent kingdom. The kingdom which has come and the kingdom which is to come. Hallelujah. So if you are in this world, you must find yourself somewhere. Either you are in the kingdom or you are not. Because the kingdom has come. When Jesus declared, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. When John the Baptist said the kingdom of God was at hand, he was actually talking about Jesus. So the coming of Jesus brought the kingdom. So all those who are in Christ are in the kingdom of God. Amen. And if you are here, you are in Christ, you are in the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom has come. But there is a kingdom that is to come. Where a lion and a lamb will eat together. If you have watched some animal kingdom, you know lions and lambs don't eat together. It says the lion will eat grass. (laughs) One eats the other. Yeah. That is a predator-prey relationship. But in the kingdom to come, the lion and the lamb, they will eat together. They will mingle. Wow. That kingdom is to come. And Jesus taught us that anytime we pray, we should pray, let your kingdom come. Because that kingdom has not come. If that kingdom were here, we still not have people killing one another. Recently, we heard of the death of um, the young soldier in Asaiman. According to military intelligence, he was attacked by armed robbers. Yeah. According to military intelligence. According to news from local agencies. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the local, you know, there are those, who, the underground journalists doing investigations who know what's up. They know what is going on. In the 18th, they know what is going on. According to those people, you know the story. Yeah. But why would you kill somebody because of a woman? One of these days, I, I, I you know, hold your fire, I'm coming, I'm preaching. I sat... I sat in a, in a bus 
And the mate was calling someone. And the person didn't. By the way, mate is also another name for conductor. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> right. So the mate was calling this guy. And the guy was walking away. Then he said, why are you behaving like that? Come on, dust like you. Why are you behaving like that? <laughs> yeah, that's some deep revelation over there. Yeah, some deep theology over there. He said, come on, dust like you. Why are you, why are you behaving like this? I mean, he, he did it jovially. I think they know each other. My friend won't feel me. And I'm a friend now, yeah, rough. I don't know, yes, sir. We are not here, Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. So people are dying here and there because that kingdom has not come. Mm. So another news where a woman murdered her husband because she suspected that the man was cheating on her. Yeah. It's a serious thing. That kingdom has not come. But the kingdom of God is characterized by righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Tell your friend righteousness, peace, and joy. In fact, there's a song like that. Yeah, do you know that song? Okay. I think by Ron Kenoli. Oh, right. Righteousness. Walking through the Bible, we see two types of righteousness. The righteousness by works, the righteousness by faith in Jesus. Hallelujah. There's a righteousness that comes to us because we are able to fulfill all the laws of God. And the law is good. According to the scriptures, the law in itself is perfect. There's nothing wrong with the law. But there is something wrong with us. According to the Bible. In that we cannot keep the law. And it says that if you keep all the laws and you break one, you are broken all. And so you become a good candidate for the curse of the law. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, it is possible to even break the law without thinking about it. Yeah. As I'm, I'm dressed here, standing, trying to preach the word of God, someone may be looking at you and say, this guy, he's very too new. You have broken the law. <laughs> yeah. So it is possible to break the law without even thinking about it. But Jesus brought us another kind of righteousness. The righteousness by faith in Christ alone. In Romans chapter 5, reading from verse 3, 21, 22, we see these two kinds of righteousness. Romans 3, 21. Romans 3, 21. That as sin, Romans 3, 21. But now the righteousness of God outside the law, the righteousness of God, Without the law, the righteousness of God, which is not as a result of doing the law, the righteousness of God without the law 
is manifested or is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, 22, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Then 23 will tell us, for all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. The righteousness that is of Christ, even faith. Can we go to verse 22 again? Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. Unto all and upon all them that believe. So this righteousness is by faith. And all we have to do is to believe. Hallelujah. And once we believe... We have this righteousness. Philippians 3.9. Paul speaking says that I want to know Jesus. I want to know him still. And I want to come to a place where I'll be found in him. Not having my own righteousness. Hallelujah. Which is of the law. But that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith. Hallelujah. Am I talking to someone this morning? Yeah, your righteousness is a gift God has given to you because you believe in Christ Jesus. Oh, you're not excited. Or you want the righteousness which is under the law, which you work for. Amen. And because our righteousness is of God and comes to us by faith in Jesus, we are not even in the right position to condemn ourselves in this kingdom. As a matter of fact, you don't have the right to condemn yourself. Tell someone you don't have the right. Shake another person. Tell him you don't have the left. Hey, you don't have the right. <laughs> you don't have the right to even condemn yourself. Yeah. And even from the beginning, Genesis, when Adam tried to place mats, he said, I am naked. God said, who told you you are naked? Meanwhile, the guy was naked. <laughs> Hallelujah. And people of God, citizens of God's kingdom, every day of our lives, we must walk in the light of this understanding that our righteousness is of God through faith, unless you have boldly declared that you don't want anything to do with Jesus again. They say, bye-bye, Jesus, bye-bye, cross, crown, whatever. I don't want you again, church. I don't want to have anything to do with you. I'm going back into the world. Once you do that, you can go. But once you are in the kingdom, your righteousness is not a matter of your works. I am trying to say that as we are encouraging you to have your quiet time, and even though in the last three days you have not done it, don't condemn yourself. I want to prophesy. Yeah. In the last three days, you have not done your quiet time. You are sitting in church nicely. But don't condemn yourself. Amen. Because when people, or when we begin to focus on what we can do to be right, then we end up working in self-condemnation. But in this kingdom, it says, I have given my righteousness to you as a gift. Because we understood the last time that the culture of a kingdom emanates from the king. Are we together? Right. So if you, you are an ever, okay, um, 
And we really want to know which clan you belong to and all that. There's a way we can find out. By contacting the, the, the palace or those who make kings in the land. Oh, we can fish you out. Yeah. There's a way you, you carry yourself because you're an Asante. The culture of a kingdom and uh, from Ghana or any other place, please, if I've not mentioned your tribe, we are still friends. Amen. The culture of a kingdom, it, it manifests itself as a reflection of the king's character. And God is righteous. The Bible says that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Righteousness is a noun. It's a state. It is a place of being. Hallelujah. It is the nature of God. So when you come into this kingdom, God gives you his righteousness as a gift. And yes, you can't be part of the kingdom. You can't. In this kingdom, you don't work your way into it. You are born in this kingdom. No matter how old you are, you have to be born in this kingdom. You may be 47, you have to be born in the kingdom. And you grow in the kingdom. Are we together? Yeah. And that is how you can call yourself a citizen of the kingdom of God. Righteousness. Romans 5.17. It says that if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gifts of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So righteousness is a gift. Hallelujah. Now, the second characteristic of the kingdom is peace. Wow. Irene. Irene is Greek for peace. Yeah. <laughs> Irene. Or Irene. Peace. Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17. It says that the fruit of righteousness is peace. The fruit of righteousness is peace. And the work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness, quietness and assurance forever. I declare to you the quietness of God. Do you feel so much noise around? Hmm. So much noise. Economic noise. Noise at work. Sometimes you are under so much pressure, you just want to quit the job. Yeah. I'm prophesying. <laughs> but the work of righteousness is peace. The work of God's righteousness is peace. Peace of mind. Peace of health. Your welfare. The Hebrew version of that word peace is shalom. Shalom is more than just soundness of mind. Shalom means good health and prosperity. Prosperity. The prosperity that comes to you because you have a steady assurance. Not the prosperity that comes because you have to die. You know, sometimes people work two, three jobs and they are dying just so they can have some peace. No. 
The prosperity that comes because you have a steady assurance in a certain presence, and that is Christ Jesus. That's shalom. So when the Jew says, shalom alekem, peace be unto you, alekem shalom, or salam alekum. Yeah, that's Arabic. It's the same thing. Hey. Someone say, hey, are we still in church? And I say, <laughs> it's just Arabic. Hey? We are Christians here. Hallelujah. Salam alaikum. Peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. The work of righteousness is peace. When we have the righteousness of God, we have the confidence to walk in his peace. Romans 5.1 says that Let me read it. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Wow. We have peace with God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Having been justified after we have, we have become righteous. After we have become righteous. After we have become righteous. Now we have peace with God. Through Jesus, who is the Christ, we have peace with God. Hallelujah. That is one of the greatest possessions we can have. Peace with God. You know that people don't have peace with God. Yeah. Sometimes when your boss is, is very hard on you, he, it may be that he doesn't have peace with God. Because when they don't have peace, they begin to disturb the rest of us who have peace. It is true. If you're a teacher, sometimes in the classroom, the, the students don't have peace. They don't have peace with God. See, they are stubborn. They're not stubborn. They don't just have peace with God. Little, little, little demons. When you cast them out, they'll be fine. They'll have peace. <laughs> yeah. But when you have peace with God, you have a certain assurance. You may not have fiscal cash, but you have a steady assurance. Quietness. Quietness of heart and quietness of mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. And this peace has come to us. The work of righteousness is peace. Tell your friend peace. You know, years ago, one of the ways of greeting was peace be unto you. Now it is good afternoon, or Charlie How. But years ago, it was peace be unto you. Because the church was in a place where there was so much persecution. So anytime you met a brother or sister, you wanted to encourage them, say, peace, peace be unto you. And we must know that whatever we say will take flesh. So they keep saying it to one another. Peace be unto you. And grace from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Peace be unto you. Grace be unto you. Hallelujah. Tell someone peace. Peace be unto you. Amen. Now the third characteristic is joy. Hmm. Joy. Joy is gladness. Cheerfulness, delight, excitement, hallelujah, gladness, cheerfulness, delight. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Isaiah 12, 1 to 3. In that day you will say, I will praise you, O Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away. 
and you have comforted me. Verse 2. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Let's go back to verse, verse 1. So, this is a picture of someone who was not born again, who was outside the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So, he says that, I will praise you because you were angry. Why? I was falling. I was not your child. I was not a Christian. You were angry, but your anger has turned away. Now you have imparted to me your righteousness, your very nature. Now I am born of you. You have comforted me. Verse 2. Then it says that surely God is my salvation. You know, the word salvation in the Greek is not only to be saved. Okay? Salvation has various words that attempt to explain it. One of the words is healing. One is deliverance. The other is prosperity. And it goes on and on and on. The word is sotera in the Greek. Salvation. Salvation. So he says, God is my salvation. In other words, what people see as, oh, I am saved. I'm, I've just been translated from, God's, uh, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Now I'm a child of God. He said, there's something more than that. There's something beyond that. God is my salvation. So I will trust and I will not be afraid. The Lord, when you meet a Hebrew and he repeats something, he's serious. So Jesus will say, verily, verily. Verily, verily. You know, Jesus was a Jew, right? Yeah. So it's likely he spoke Aramaic or Hebrew to his disciples. So the Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Now, verse 3. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Now, who is that salvation? God. And he said, with joy, you will draw water. How many of you have seen a well before? I just want to ask for emphasis because uh, a lot of things are changing. Amen. So, you know the traditional well. There is what we call the buckets that we use to fetch the water. In the tree, it's called atunsu. Or, yeah. <laughs> so, he says that with joy, you will draw water. Are you getting the picture? With joy, you will draw water. So, salvation is God himself. The limitations of salvation are the limitations of God himself. God is my salvation. Now, God is depicted as a well. Actually, the Hebrew says spring or fountain. A fountain that produces water. And it says that the way to fetch from this water is using joy. Hallelujah. We are just reading the scripture again. It says, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy. So one of the marks of the kingdom of God is joy. 
<laughs> ah, hallelujah. It's joy. And that is why the scripture says that in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. There is fullness of joy. Wherever God is, there must be joy. As a matter of fact, it is easier for the Holy Spirit to move where there is joy. Oh yeah. Where there is joy. Where there is delight, excitement, cheerfulness. The Spirit of God can easily do His work. Because with joy, you draw water. I don't know what you are looking for in God. But it says you can do it with joy. You can draw it out of God with joy. With joy, you draw from the springs or the fountains of salvation or from God himself. Because God is your salvation. You know, as a matter of fact, I know we have temperaments and all that. But this word melancholy... It's an English word, okay? Yeah. So we are still friends. Melancholy means moodiness, gloom. Gloom. You know, you just wake up in the morning. Today they are not in the mood. Into my moody. That is not joy. This scripture tells us that with joy, we draw from the wells of God. We draw from the wells of salvation. So anytime you feel that I'm, I'm not, I'm not, no. Psych yourself in this scripture. Let joy be on your side. Because moodiness is actually an attack from the enemy. Yeah. Imagine a mother who is moody in the house. You know, women are homemakers. A woman can bring excitement to the house. The children want to call mommy. Everybody wants to call mommy. When daddy's hungry, he's calling mommy. Everybody's <laughs> my wife, what, is, what are we eating? Now, if a woman wakes up and she's moody, imagine the kind of atmosphere that will be in the home. Yeah, so it is, it is not, it is an attack from the enemy. Because one of the signs of the kingdom is joy. It is not how you feel. It is joy. And this is God's word. This is the word of God. Since the, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hey, imagine a man who is moody. Quiet. When he comes to the house, <laughs> all the children must scatter and go and hide some. Hey. He will just vent his, his troubles on you. He'll just be screaming, hey, because you are moody. There's no joy. Small thing you are shouting. Small thing you are shouting. Why, well, if you are moody, should it affect all of us? You get it. But, but that is it. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah. Nehemiah 8.10. So, anytime you sense friction, you sense some darkness. There's some, some weirdness in the home. You know? We are a family church. So we want to relate it to the home. Or in the relationship. It's like your partner is trying to do some way. You say, hey! Receive the joy of the Lord. Cast out that devil of gloominess and receive the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. How many you realize that anytime you say, me there, I'm, I'm down, you, you feel weak. Oh, yeah, but uh, 
like that. We don't want that. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is our strength. As a matter of fact, in Isaiah chapter 61, reading from verse 1 to 3, when Jesus declared that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, one of the things he said was that the Lord has anointed me. Let me read um, verse 3. Okay, let's start from verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord, the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. Verse 2. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Verse 3. And provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of gladness. Wow. The oil of gladness. This is why Jesus came. He said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring the oil of gladness. Oil of gladness. If you want to pray for anointing, people will say, oh Lord, anoint me to, to heal the sick. Anoint me to, to raise the dead. Anoint me to do miracle money. Anoint me to grab a husband or something. But there's also an anointing that brings gladness. It says the oil of gladness instead of mourning and the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Can you give me the King James? For verse 3. The oil of joy oil of gladness or the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. <laughs> Moodiness is caused by a spirit. Yeah. From the word of God, from the word of God, Isaiah 61 verse 3. Because anytime there is gloom and the whole place, there's no excitement, there's no joy. The Spirit of God is limited. It says that I am anointed to bring you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. As a matter of fact, people who are usually melancholic easily become depressed. So depression is actually a spiritual thing. Because there's a spirit of despair. There's a spirit of heaviness. So depression is a spiritual thing. Yeah. Nowadays, we name, we have names for everything. So, we'll call it depression. But, there's a spirit behind it. Hallelujah. You know, the way people call something Premarital, it's just premarital, premarital sex. But it is fornication. Uh-huh. It's fornication. But oh, it is premarital sex. But it is fornication. It is sin. I was, I was just chatting with a colleague. And I said, hmm. some of the diseases we have now, we were beaten out of it. Yeah. We were whipped and spanked out of it. You know, a child comes to class, sit down. He won't sit down. Then when you are teaching, then he's talking. 
Hey. <laughs> and even when you are eating, he will come. Then he start talking. Parenting is a calling, you know. And this one, it is not educational. It's a parenting issue. Yeah. Parenting issue. Because you must learn this in the home. That not even an elder. When someone is eating, you don't go and talk to the person. The person will choke. But if you are last, when your teacher is eating, you don't approach the person. No, 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 no. No, I have this A, B, C, D disorder. Some of them are true. But... <laughs> some of them look it is pampering oh yeah it is pampering <clears throat> when you are lashed out of it you realize that look you have arrived so the same way in the kingdom the enemy tries to make us very intelligent so that gradually we explain the things of God out of our lives are we together? Yeah. So even though we've been called into this kingdom, we can entertain certain things. We can entertain certain things. Right. So me, this is the way I am. This is the way my father is. So it's just my father's characteristic I'm trying to manifest. No. You are in a certain kingdom. And the characteristics of this kingdom are righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I think you can clap your hands for Jesus at this point. Now, there's a long passage in Luke chapter 11, reading from verse 1 to 20. But I'm just going to summarize that and I'll focus on the verse 20. So Jesus was teaching and there was a time that he healed someone. He prayed for someone who was damp. And after praying for the, one, the, the person who was damp, the, the guy began to hear and to speak. And uh, the people around said that he's using the power of the enemy or the, the spirit of Beelzebub. And Jesus said, if I, by the finger of God, I cast out devils in your midst, surely the kingdom has come unto you. Luke eleven twenty. If I, by the finger of God, that expression is found many times in the Bible. We see the finger of God in Exodus. When Moses was receiving the Ten Commandments, the Bible says that the finger of God wrote on the tablets of stone. And we also see the finger of God. When Moses went to Pharaoh, and uh, Pharaoh was trying to resist, and he asked his magicians to do the same things that Moses and Aaron were doing. And there was one plague. When it happened, he said, Pharaoh, as for this one, it is the finger of God. Right. We also see the writing on the wall in the days of Daniel, where it said that the fingers, fingers wrote on the wall. And Jesus makes reference to that. You know, Jesus was living in the, as a Jew, and he was living in a Jewish community that was under the rule of the Romans. So when he says finger of God, they know because they read their Torah, and they have seen that in the Old Testament. Now in verse 20, he says that, but if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. What does it mean? One of the signs or one of the ways by which we know that the kingdom of God is unto us, is in our midst, is that we 
uh, what's the word? We hold back the effect and the influences of demons. Because Jesus said, if I by the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom has come. The kingdom has come because I'm casting out devils. Are you with me? And sometimes, like I said earlier, one of the things the enemy does is to make us very intelligent. So we explain the supernatural out of our lives. Oh, yes. And sometimes, even church, we, we, we do that. I'm not saying from here, we believe in the Holy Ghost brutal. <laughs> but sometimes, even church, we, we can explain so many things. So many things. And explain the governor of the kingdom out of his kingdom. The governor of the kingdom is the Holy Ghost. He's the one who educates us on the constitution of the kingdom and the ways of the kingdom. Hallelujah. There are Christians who don't believe that the enemy exists. And that's one of his lies. To make you think that he's not there, but he's there. Like a snake. Snake can live with you for 10 years in your room and you don't even know. One day I woke up with a snake in my room. <laughs> woke up with a snake in my room. Guess what? The night before I slept in darkness, there was, <laughs> there was something wrong with the lamp holder. The light didn't come on. I saw a mouse that was dead in the room. I said, this mouse, and I saw a cable that had been beaten into. So I said, oh, he was biting into the cable, and the thing electrocuted him. Not knowing there was a snake in the room. A viper. Yeah. Fat one. <laughs> so the enemy can be there, but he makes you think he's not there. That's one of his, his weapons. And there are Christians who don't believe, they don't believe that the devil exists. Hey, <laughs> I was watching a debate um, in, in, in the United Kingdom where clergymen had met and they were debating, should we allow gays, should we not allow... Do that? And they were debating Reverend, ordained Reverend Ministers. Oh, Lord. They were debating. And one guy said, he, he's not for it because it is not in God's word. And they sacked him from the Anglican church. And he came back to come and debate. He said, no, it is, I'm still against this. Wow. Church, we are debating issues like this. Because it makes us think that he's not there. I'm sure most of the leaders in that church, they are scientific or science-oriented. You know, they're trying to explain some hormones and mutations. That's where we are. But Jesus said that if I, by the finger of God, I cast out demons in your midst. It shows that the kingdom of God has come. And some of the battles we are fighting in our workplaces, fighting our families, we have to cast out some devils. Yeah. We have to cast out some devils. Amen. So, let's make progress quickly. I think I have five minutes to end. It is possible that though we are citizens of God's kingdom we may not experience all the elements of the kingdom of God. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 5 to 7. It says that I have seen a great error under the sun. It is an error. It's not supposed to be, but it is an error. It is happening. It is happening. And it says that I have seen an evil. Okay, verse 6. Verse 6. Folly is set in great dignity. And the rich sit in low place. Wow. Those who are rich, because they are citizens of the king. They have the king's nature, his righteousness. They are sitting in low places. And folly is rather in the high places. Verse 7. I have seen servants upon horses, and princes walking as servants upon the earth. So, what does this speak to us? It means that though we are in the kingdom, we have to be deliberate, intentional on knowing what the constitution of the kingdom is and live by it. For example, like I said earlier, if you keep working in your works, you know, you are trying to do something to please God. The moment something crosses your path, you know, and you sin, like, hey, God, then you confess your sin ten times. As if the first time you said it, God didn't hear. You know, you confess that. It's like you are still believing that you can do it. It's, it's, it's your works. It's your works. And that is a sign that we don't really know the constitution. The constitution. Like um, Missionary Gary was sharing with us. says that after all Peter did, all Jesus did was, look, come on, go and feed my sheep. Wow. That will even break you, you know, and empower you to even stand for him. Are we together? So let's look at practical ways by which we can manifest God's kingdom or experience the kingdom. Number one, I think I've mentioned that already. We must be deliberate on knowing what the constitution of the kingdom is or what God is saying about his own kingdom, not what we have experienced or what we know. Are we together? Acts chapter 1, I mean Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night day and night, so that you might be careful to do everything that is written in it. For by doing this, he says that you shall make your way prosperous. Wow. And you shall have good success. You know, you can be successful, but it's not a good one. You have to cut corners. There are people who are successful, driving big cars and all that, per their definition of success. But maybe they sacrifice one or two things. Yeah. But he says that if you Commit yourself to God's word. Meditating on it. Keeping it in your mouth. He says that you shall make your way prosperous. You will make your way prosperous. So we are empowered. We have what it takes to make our ways prosperous. And you have good success. Amen. How does that verse begin? This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. We are born into this kingdom by our words. Romans 10, 9 and 10. He says that if you shall declare that Jesus is, is Lord, believing in your heart, you shall be saved. For with the heart, you believe unto righteousness. And with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. With your heart, you believe and you assume his nature. With your mouth, you declare unto salvation. So we are born into this kingdom with the words of our mouth. And we are going to excel and thrive in this kingdom by the words of our mouth. Amen. So this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Hallelujah. We must learn to speak God's word all the time. 
Say what we want to see, not what we feel, or what we have, we, we, we've heard, or what is going on around us, but what we want to see. Luke, uh, Mark eleven twenty two to 24, it says that have the faith of God. Have the faith of God. Mark eleven twenty two. Have the faith of God. Verse 23. 23. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen. So it is possible to be in the kingdom. But like the preacher said, princes are walking and servants are riding on horses' back. Why? Because when you hear something, without even waiting to think about what is being said, you have also jumped in. See, the economist was saying, hey, economy, I know this is a good you know, now you No, no, no. It's not about a good going and someone coming. What kind of kingdom do you belong to? He says that you have whatever you say. See, but I don't know how that will happen. I am not here to explain to you how that will happen. Because God has not called us to explain him. He has called us to trust in him. The day you learn to explain God, you become God, and he ceases to be God. So he has not called us to explain him. He says you have whatever you say. Just believe and do it. And trust me, as you say whatever you want to see, that is consistent with his word. With time, you see it manifesting. Hallelujah. Even those who are not Christians, they believe that when they meditate on some things for a long time, the universe brings it to them. Even those who are not Christians. And you are doubting the word of God? No. It says you have whatever you say. Amen. Number three. Acts 4, 12, and 13. Let us learn to spend time, quality time with the Holy Spirit. Let us not be in a rush, but learn to spend time with the Holy Ghost. As for 12, it says that there's no name, neither is there any salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. And then the verse 13 says that, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. The Jesus we know is the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said that, look, it is better for me to go. Because when I go, the governor of the kingdom himself will come. He says he's the wonderful counselor. You know, those names are the names of Jesus. But if you study scripture, they are the names of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He's the wonderful counselor. When he gives you advice, it will never fail. Your friends may advise you, and you get into trouble. But when the Holy Spirit advises you, it will never fail. Let's learn to spend time with him. To experience this kingdom. Are we together? Hallelujah. Finally, like Jesus said, we must be bold in his word concerning us. In our practical lives, that is in our homes, in our workplace, we must be bold. Because you see, the church is God's embassy in the earth. 
the embassy of God's kingdom. Are we together? So anytime you move out of the church, you move out of this gathering, God is excited because he knows that you are going out to affect your world. And so one of the ways by which we experience the kingdom is to take the kingdom to the world. If we keep waiting and waiting and waiting, we'll wait forever. But the little you know, just take it to the world. Judges chapter 6 verse 14, it says, go in this your mind. I'm, I'm not strong. <laughs> I, have not, I have not been to a theology class. I have not read the Bible from cover to cover. It says, go in this your strength. See, but I have not heard the voice of God audibly. It says, go. Are you born again? Are you a child of God? Go in this your strength. It is enough. Go in this your strength. It is enough. Hallelujah. The Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? Ask your brother or your sister by you. Have you not been sent by the Lord? Have you not been sent by the Lord? Tell them, go in this your might. Go in this your strength. It is enough. Tell them you have not prayed for 10 hours. But your strength is enough. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So go in this strength. And do wonders for the Lord. Can we just bow our, head, our heads in prayer? We hope you were blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our social media websites on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Family Alive Ministry. Please subscribe, follow, like, and share. God bless you and have a great week.